Welcome into another edition of The Word with G. Right here on ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com. You could have been anywhere on the airwaves, but you're here with me, and I appreciate that. Greg Laundered in the building for an entire hour today. The only time this week I'll be on for an entire hour. And boy, couldn't have asked for a better day to be on for an entire hour. We have a ton to get to. We'll kick it off. A little USA soccer, that utter disappointment that was last night. Talk a little Major League Baseball in the second hour, or second segment, I should say. I wish we had more than one hour. And then we got a little guest coming on to talk a little bit about the Saints. But if you'd like to get involved with the program, you can always do so on Twitter at ESPN1420 or via the phone lines, 337-269-1077. Those are the ways you can get in touch. And just a quick update right now on TBS. Cardinals, or it's not Cardinals, geez, Cubs and Nationals going on. It's one to nothing Nationals. I believe we're in the top of the eighth inning. Strasburg has been outstanding for the Nationals. And coming after yesterday, where there was some confusion, and then they ended up having the game postponed. And what was it going to be? Strasburg starting, or was it going to be Tanner Roark? Backs right up against the wall for the Nationals. And it's been all Strasburg in this one. He took, he, he upped his antibiotics to feel a little bit better. And my man's pitched seven innings of clean baseball, three hits, two walks, 12 strikeouts. So we'll get into that more in the second hour. Or, geez, I want to keep saying second hour. How about the second segment? Because we've got to start with the complete and utter disappointment that is USA Soccer right now. Honestly. Absolutely embarrassing. Last Friday, you go out there and and you beat, who was it, Panama 4-0? In Orlando, feeling good about yourselves. You were, you were a little on the fence before that game, needed to get a good decision and a good result. And, and most, most of all, a win. And boy, they got exactly what they needed. You go from a very high high and maybe too high of a high thinking that this is basically in the bag. We got to go face Trinidad and Tobago in the port of Spain. We've got this. And maybe they thought a little bit too much that they had this. Maybe they were worrying a little bit too much about the field conditions. Because watching it last night, the ball was clearly slow. Players were moving around slow. This this wasn't a a field or a, a surface that they're probably used to playing on. And to that I say, there's no excuses. Both teams have to deal with the surface. That's just like growing up. You know, obviously baseball players, you deal with some rain. Yes, there are some rainouts, but growing up it was always, and, and even, you know, I'm going to be honest with you, playing baseball upstate New York in college, we had to deal with snow sometimes. 
Yeah, we, we, we played in the snow a couple of times while there was snowfall going down. And we had some players, you know, kind of get that, that ruffled their feathers a little bit. But both teams have to deal with the conditions. And granted, I mean, honestly, Trinidad didn't do all that much. They had a very, very nice goal for their second goal, but that first goal, it's just one of those honest mistakes that were made. And it happens in soccer sometimes. Sometimes the ball doesn't go exactly the way that you want it to go when you're trying to clear it or you're trying to kick it away from the goalkeeper. And unfortunately for Omar Gonzalez, that's what it was last night. On the very first goal, he's he's on the defense right in the middle of the field, right in front of Tim Howard. Probably about 10 to 12, 15 yards away from him. Tries to kick a one, uh, kick a ball away. Goes off, takes a bounce, goes off his left shin. And literally drops perfectly. You couldn't have placed this ball any better. Right over the outstretched arms. And leaping of the old man Tim Howard. And a lot of people want to come into this this game and, and want to come out of this game and talk about how Tim Howard looks slow. He looks a little washed up. Are you kidding? Get a grip. Tim Howard is one of the all-time best goalkeepers the USA has ever seen. I know he's got some gray hairs up in his beard, but man hasn't really lost too much of a step. Yes, obviously with age, a little bit. A little bit. But his skills haven't diminished where he is he should not be he should not, not be the starter. He should be the starter for this USA team. And what are you going to do about that own goal? That literally, unless you are Yao Ming, you are not stopping that ball. And on the second goal he allowed, it was just a beautiful shot. Well placed. I got to give the the striker credit. So we come back and Christian Pulisic, who has basically done it all for this USA team, mind you. A 19-year-old has been carrying this team on his back. And he gets a goal back early in the second half. And you're, as the USA, you're thinking, okay, well, here we are. We're coming. Things are going to change. And after that, that was really it. Christian Pulisic got a nice deflection off a defender. Got it into the net. And you love the demeanor of the 19-year-old. After he scored, he wasn't all pumped up. He wasn't running over to the flag, sliding, doing a dance. He realized that, okay, I scored this goal. We still need at least one more to get to get a result here. Let's let's keep going quickly. No celebrations. We're still losing this this match. We need to do a much better job. And and everything that I've seen, everything that I've read and heard from you know analysts and former players, just said that this team just didn't play with a lot of heart. And I think they probably took Trinidad and Tobago for granted. Not all the guys. But some of the guys did. You saw Clint Dempsey in there trying to make things happen. But again, this is not an individualistic sport. This is a sport where you need all, what is it, 11 guys on the field to do their jobs and to play at 100%. And they clearly didn't do that last night. Clearly didn't do that last night. And you heard a little bit right after the game. There was an epic rant from former player 
Taylor Twelman about USA Soccer. And he says this team needs to wake up. If this failure does not wake up everyone from U.S. soccer to Major League Soccer, from pay to play to broadcasters to everything, then we're all insane. Because the definition of insanity is doing the exact same thing, knowing the result. Love it. And if we don't change it, and I mean we, everyone in U.S. soccer, then what are we doing? What's the point? Because that should have never happened with the billion dollars plus that is going into Major League Soccer and youth development. That should have never happened, and it did, and every single person should look themselves in the mirror. And by the way, that's including myself. Yeah, I'm part of U.S. Soccer. Everybody is included in that. Everybody should be held accountable for this loss. And it's not just this one loss. If you take care of a couple matches... Early in, earlier on in, in CONCACAF, Con, CONCACAF, there we go. I always mess that up for some reason. CONCACAF, then you, you probably don't need this game that much. But you put yourself in this position. You still controlled your own destiny. All you had to do was get a result. You didn't even have to beat Trinidad. All you had to do was tie them. And we all know ties is like kissing your sister, but... That, you know, that's why I think there's not a ton of popularity in the U.S. for soccer because we're all, you know, hot-blooded Americans, competitiveness. We can't tie. I know there's ties in football, but that rarely happens. Soccer, you see that, that junk all the time. But it cannot happen. And, 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 and Taylor brings up a great point that it starts from the bottom up, from the youth leagues, the pay-to-play a lot of times that these youth players, they want to get into these elite programs in these select teams. You have to pay a good chunk of money. And I know from the AAU teams and the select teams that I've, I've coached and played on for baseball, it is not cheap. It is not cheap to play on these teams. I, can't, I don't know exactly what it's like for soccer, but I've got to imagine it's pretty darn expensive. In, in Europe, And international soccer, they don't do that. They invest in you. They don't make you pay. But here in America, it's all about that almighty dollar. It's all about making as much money for the organizations as you possibly can. And that's what Sunil Gulati was trying to do. The glove should have been off years ago. We should have been having real criticism. And the discussion after Brazil, Max, was can we beat the Colombias and the Belgians and the Argentinas of the world? Are you kidding me? We can't beat Trinidad on a field that's too wet and too heavy? (laughs) What are we doing? What are we doing? This is the discussion that's being had. It's, It's remarkable to me when I go in this stupid thing right here at how ignorant people are when the rest of the world Belgium played Bosnia on a cow pasture and again Taylor talking about the criticisms of USA soccer and if you're worried about the field conditions because oh the the, the fields you play on are so nice how about this how about you try going out somewhere and practicing in bad conditions practice on the worst possible conditions and then you'll be ready for these, these nicer fields. But then again, you'll be also be ready for these crappier fields. I've heard in the past that Bill Belichick makes the conditions of practice so bad for the Patriots 
makes you know rubs up the base or the, the the footballs and makes them hard to catch and and all this stuff because if you can practice and you can play in in terrible conditions then when it's in good conditions you'll be fine all right we've got a caller welcome to the word with g what's going on just a quick one i i called last hour and when uh, scott was on with g about the uh uh, the soccer a little bit, yep. but, but Gus Cat, you know, who's on the, uh, a lot of the shows over here, um, linked an article today. If you want to look it up and read it, he sees the growth of, of soccer in the U.S. being not driven um, pay for pay for teams like like what you described. Pay for play, but I but I guess uh, ultimately I guess they are, but. It's driven by Major League Soccer starting schools uh, for soccer players at young age. Soccer players doing like the Europeans and the and the uh, teams do, and have started at a very young age uh, skills a uh, unified or a uniform method of teaching and training young players. It's, it ain't it ain't. It's like they said, our best player right now is not an athlete. He's a skinny 19-year-old who's very skilled with the ball, but he's not a LeBron James. He's not a 230-pound guy. He's a 165-pound, six-foot-tall guy that's very, very skilled with the ball. Again, he's only 19 years old, so he's got some time to, to grow a little bit. And, and you know, I you mentioned athletes, and I, I look at when I think about athletes, and you just mentioned LeBron, how about Josie out the door? That guy is huge. That guy looks like an athlete. But but he's not a soccer player. That's what that's I'm saying. That's a, the other side of the coin. Guy. Exactly. You know, so um, I'd rather have the skilled 19 year old than the big bulky guy that looks like Josie uh, out the door. The U.S. under 17 team is in the finals of their World Cup right now. And the reason being is those guys are playing on European teams. Mm-hmm. They go to European schools. The 19-year-old that, that we're referencing went as a 15-year-old to Germany. Yeah. To I've, be I've, German read his, I've read about his story, yeah. So, and and uh, the, there's one of the Premier League teams that have started a school here recently. Uh, and that's what they do around the world in all these countries, that they get these top-quality players. They, they don't, they aren't top-quality players when they first get them. They're, they're, 10 year olds or 11 year olds that that have been training in a, in a uh, you know a, a well thought out training program that's consistent through the whole level of training so they develop the skills and the imagination and the because uh, that's what it comes down to the, the the guys that are top quality world soccer players have very you know great vision great imagination it's not you know the guy that can kick the ball straight, you know, ninety uh, percent uh, of the time or hundred percent of the time, it's it's the guys who have imagination and and see plays developing yes. around the field. Mm-hmm. That, that they all quarterbacks, you know, they got to be able to see fifteen different guys and see movement in, in all those things and understand where they got to pass the ball and, and coming up with an imagination. So that's why I say they. Our best benefit may be all these international uh, European teams and Major League Soccer teams uh, becoming that and getting rid of this pay-for-play thing because half those guys aren't good coaches anyway. I couldn't agree with you more, and I appreciate the call. And and you bring up a great point. You know, I was was reading something and listening to something today and said that, you know, this, this one analyst was talking about how, yeah, college and getting an education is great, and going to to college and playing soccer, 
that's probably not going to breed you to become a, a USA national player. In order to become a USA national player, you, like the last caller said, you have to follow the route of Christian Pulisic. You have to realize that talent young, early in the teen years, and say, okay, we're going to get you into one of these soccer schools. And we're going to let them teach you. Because that is the way to do it. And they say if you play your first professional minutes as a 22, 23, 24-year-old, that's way too late. You have to be starting as a 17, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19-year-old. Just like Christian Pulisic, he started when he was 15 years old. But again, it even starts farther back than that. You have to have that will. You have to have that drive. And if, if, Forgive me if I, I, I miss, under, or miss remembering this, but from the story that I remember about Christian Pulisic, and we all know Christian Pulisic, now we do, and we're not going to get to see him on the biggest stage, is that his, both of his parents were, were soccer players. And so he was kind of bred into that. And he loved it from when he was younger. And he played it and he practiced it all the time. He ate, drank, and slept soccer. And nowadays with with kids getting so distracted and their attention span is so short that... And that's a grand slam by Michael A. Taylor off the Cubbies. And now it is 5-1. Or excuse me, 5 nothing. Nationals. And the attention span of these kids is so short that they 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 just don't they just don't go out and play anymore because they're on their phones, they're on the you know, they're playing their games on the computer, on on whatever game console. They're watching TV and Netflix and, and all this stuff. Instead of getting out there and playing and engrossing themselves in something. I remember when I was coaching baseball. There was a lot of times where I brought material to these kids and said, hey, look, read this, watch this, practice this on your own time. It's not good enough for you to just come and practice while you're here for two hours, twice a week or whatever it was. You need to be doing things on your own. You need to become a student of the game. And I don't think enough kids nowadays are students of the game, whether it's soccer, football, baseball, basketball, golf, croquet, cricket, volleyball, curling, whatever, whatever sport you want to talk about. And who is the biggest loser to the United States not making the World Cup in 2018? I think it's all of us. And I wrote an article about this on ESPN1420.com, shameless plug, about how it's an utter shame that the best player, the best youngest player that we've had come through this system in a long time, probably since Landon Donovan, Clint, Landon Donovan, Clint Dempsey, and I bet you Christian Pulisic, stays, if he stays healthy, will become better than both of those guys. He is a special talent. And it's an utter disgrace and disappointment that we won't be able to see him perform on the biggest stage. And now he's going to have to wait four more years to get himself to that big stage. And this is really going to hurt the, the sport of soccer that, that has grown in the United States since the last World Cup in 2014, where I think youth soccer was up by 9% because of the, the, the popularity 
that soccer had grown from the World Cup and the USA being in it and playing pretty well. You know, it's, it felt like we were making strides. You win the Gold Cup this summer, you're making strides. You, have, you see the potential in Christian Pulisic. Josie Altidore, you know, he's not the most skilled soccer player, but he does a lot of things good. He does a lot of things really good soccer-wise, but he is a big physical athlete. And to me, he was always just a little too bulky for me to be a soccer player. But, I mean, he scored some goals. He set up some goals, too. He's a good player. Who else is it going to hurt? Well, it's going to hurt Fox Sports. Because just 13 days ago, Fox announced that the 2018 World Cup would be the biggest production in the brand's 24-year history with 350 live hours of programming. They paid about $200 million for this year's Cup. And now to give the advertisers the numbers and reach the numbers that they they had projected that they would is going to be almost impossible. And I said this to myself last night after the USA lost. That am I really going to watch the the World Cup now? I don't care about these other countries. I want to watch USA. I'm not the biggest soccer guy. To be very honest with you. But this past summer I really started to get into it. And I get into the World Cup whenever it's on because you have that sense of patriotism and seeing the red, white, and blue out there and following along and and it's a big topic of conversation everybody can get into. It's almost like the Olympics, although I'm not an Olympics guy, but I I follow soccer and I think this the, the World Cup is a great spectacle. And it gives you a lot of it gives you a lot of patriotism and you get that feeling of connection to your country that way. You're rooting for something that's Really, really large. And it gives you, I'm just getting goosebumps thinking about it and talking about it. And I'm not going to have, we're not going to get that this year. It's going to hurt the Nike. It's going to hurt Nike selling jerseys for the USA national team. It's not a huge business. And I was saying this to, you know, this to myself just, you know, as recent as uh, probably within the last couple months. I'm thinking to myself, wow, I'm looking at Christian Pulisic and, and I'm starting to get into soccer a little bit, especially USA soccer, and I'm starting to follow some, some specific players. I may have gone on my way and watch his, his international team now. I try to watch the Sounders whenever I can because I love Clint Dempsey. And I was thinking to myself over the summer, I was like, man, like, you know what would be really cool for, you know, for, this, you know, for this upcoming World Cup? My, my birthday's in December. My, you know, Christmas is in December. Well, maybe I'll ask mom and dad for a, or Santa Claus, I should say. Mom and dad for Christmas and Santa Claus, or mom and dad for birthday, Santa Claus for Christmas for a Christian Pulisic jersey. I've never, I've never owned a soccer jersey before besides the ones that I've, I've, I've played with, you know, teams I've played with. I thought that was something cool. Now I don't know if I want to get it because they're not going to be in the World Cup. When am I going to really wear it? You know, it's just that hurts the selling of jerseys. How about sports bars? You know, Russia, you know, the time difference there is what? About seven or eight hours? Excuse me, seven to to ten hour time difference with Russia. 
This would allow the sports bars to open up a little earlier. Maybe get some more, you know, commission for 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 you know food and drinks, and you know people gather around to you know these things to watch the games, and it's exciting. And you love those live. I know I do. Love live shots of big bars from around the country after something huge happens with the United States, and everybody's just going absolutely insane. I love that stuff. And now we're not going to get to see that. And now it also hurts Major League Soccer, and we already talked about youth soccer. And, and, and it, it really is a shame. It really is a shame. And here is Taylor Twelman now talking a little bit about Christian Pulisic. In our sport, it's the exact opposite. There is no next year. There's no World Cup for the greatest player this country's ever produced, Christian Pulisic, for the next seven years, guys. Think of that. For the seven-year cycle, no 18, he's got to wait till 22. He's 24 years of age. You lose a generation of players. Fundamentally, there's got to be a change. And I did, And listen, with all due respect to Bruce Arena, he doesn't want to answer that question, and it's not his uh, decision to be made. But if there are no changes, guys, there is no next year. There's no next year, and yet we want to sit here as a society and say, no, we'll get him next year. Guess what? There is none. There is no next year, as Taylor Twelman says, and there isn't. Because now we've got to wait four dang years for another World Cup to come around. And who knows, we may not even qualify for that one. You have to qualify. You have to earn it. And it just doesn't be, it's just not given to you. You have to earn it. And you know what? Stop the music. Cut the music. Because I want to play this. I was going to save this clip. But you know what? I'm going to play this clip also of of what, you know, Taylor talks about the USA sports rewarding mediocrity. Fundamentally, this country rewards mediocrity. The New York Giants, Sage and Jay, are 0-5. What is everyone talking about? You get the number one draft pick. There's always next year. This sport around the world, it's the exact opposite. If you don't get promoted or you struggle, you're relegated. There's real pressure. Your town loses jobs. We are trying in this country to do soccer the American way when the rest of the world is doing soccer the world's way. It doesn't fundamentally line up. And until you have accountability, until you have pressure that is in line with the rest of the world, then you're not going to be successful. And I say that I'm American. I love America. But you reward the L.A. Lakers for being absolute dog crap last year. It is really something to think about, something to chew on. And I get it. You know, soccer and and baseball and or basketball and 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 football, they're they're different. They're different. The way that the leagues are set up and you know, there's not this do or die mentality of every 4 years. You know, the Giants, they will have next year. And the Lakers, they will have next year because they're building for years to come. So I don't I don't necessarily like that comparison, but I get where he's going. And this better be a kick in the pants for USA soccer. Things need to change. We saw it with Germany back in 2000. They put together a plan. They ended up winning the uh, 10-year plan. They ended up winning the World Cup in 2010. That's where you hope USA goes. But they've got to bring the right people in here to lead this organization. And to get it back on track. 
I don't think, actually, you know what? Not get back on track, to get on a better track. 